everyone it's the we don't want to grow up podcast where stacy and pete we are here with another re-release of a previous episode this is during our break it is during our break to give you an episode that we actually did for half halloween in april of 2021 yes it was still back when we were doing two movies per episode so in this episode we did beetlejuice And Ghostbusters, right? two of our favorite movies. And I feel like maybe some people missed it because maybe they weren't in the mood for that kind of movie at that time of year. I'm ready. For me, every day is Halloween, so I'm always (laughs) ready for that. But thought it might be, you know, fun to re-release them now and see if people wanted to to listen or re-listen. One thing I thought was kind of funny when I re-listened to this episode is because recently we had someone post in our Facebook group about the incredible shrinking woman and Lily Tomlin. And if you listen to our podcast religiously, you know that that is Lily Tomlin and the incredible shrinking woman was one of my biggest irrational fears as a child. Yes. And you still do not enjoy her to this day. No, I can't look at her. No offense to her. It was just something that freaked me out as a kid, and I just don't enjoy looking at her. Never gotten over it, and that's fine. No. And it was funny because in our Facebook group, several people, like the person who posted it is a listener, but I think they've just never heard this particular episode or the other one where we talk about it. There's a lot of episodes. Yes. But several people chimed in and they're like, oh, we don't talk about Lily Tomlin around here. (laughs) Or they're like, oh, what's Stacey going to say? Like several people chimed in, and it made me feel so happy just to know that there are people that you know, we really do have listeners that pay attention. I don't know. It was just, it made me (laughs) smile. Plus we had like my mom and sister and best friend in there just laughing because they always think, (laughs) they always make fun of me because I'm (laughs) scared of Lily Tomlin. (laughs) But anyway, so several people had asked like, well, you know, where do you talk about that? And I'm like, you know, I don't even know where we talk about it. I just know we've talked about it. Now I can tell you, this is one of the episodes where we talk about it. Oh, we do? Yes. Ah. Because we're talking about irrational fears that we had when we were kids. So in the Beetlejuice section of the episode. Yes. Okay. So enjoy (laughs) and also enjoy our commentary on Beetlejuice. Still one of our favorite movies ever. Absolutely. And that's all. It's showtime. Welcome back to the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. Hey, I'm Stacy, and this is Pete. We're coming at you live from that blanket fort. <laughs> <laughs> the lights are twinkling. They are. We are having a little fun this week. I mean, we normally have fun, but we decided to do Halloween in April. It has to be a new thing now. <laughs> Halloween in April. People do Christmas in July. We're doing Halloween in April. We're actually dressed up right now. We have masks on. <laughs> this is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for it. <laughs> so on that front, talking about Halloween. Yes. What comes along with Halloween? Scares and fears. Yeah. So what were... Some fears that you had as a child. 
founded or unfounded? <laughs> yeah, most of mine are irrational, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> the one that I think is pretty relatable for people is that I believed that Jaws lived in my pool. Yeah, I had the same fear. We've talked about that before, but I, I have the same exact pool fear. Yes, like he was in the deep end and only there at night. So we would have floodlights that caused these weird shadows on the pool. And I felt safe in the shallow end, yeah. but I would not go in the deep end at night. Or if I did, I was terrified the whole time. Mine was not as well thought out. Mine was at any point during the day, if I was in the pool alone <laughs> and I thought about it yeah. for like a half a millisecond, right? terror would set in. No matter where <laughs> I was in the pool, I would immediately like Donald duck it to the edge and get out. <laughs> Thinking that there was a shark snapping at my heels. Isn't that funny? Yeah. That's kind of equivalent to anytime I'm coming upstairs from a basement, <laughs> I always think someone is chasing me up the stairs. Well, but. that ties in perfectly with one of mine. Oh, yeah? The fear of my oh. parents' basement. Yes. Now, in my defense, it was a really scary basement. It's like an old school, early 1900s basement. And it had a bunch of scary stuff down there. Like what? Like my stepdad had the statue, for lack of a better term, of like a cobra oh. fighting a mongoose, except it was like real life. Like the mongoose had fur. The oh. cobra looked like a cobra. That's it was terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. And there was just dark corners everywhere. It was a dank, dark basement and it was super scary <laughs> yeah i was always scared of mine too if i was alone yeah. it was our playroom so you know i was always down there with friends and there was like a pool table and ping pong table and yeah. just fun stuff our piano was down there and our you know a lot of our bigger toys like my barbie dream house was down there and stuff like that so i was down there a lot but if i ever had to go down by myself and it was dark i'm still this way <laughs> when i go to my mom's house there are no windows yeah in that basement so it's completely dark and I would just reach my hand around the corner and feel around for the light switch. <laughs> and I would like close my eyes as I was doing it. <laughs> when I would be leaving the basement, I would turn it out and then sprint up the stairs as fast as I could because I thought somebody was chasing me. But I had to turn the light out because right. I would be in trouble with my dad right. if I didn't turn the lights out. So I would also turbo it up the stairs. But we didn't have a playroom down there. It had like a giant ice chest. It had the washer and dryer. It had my stepdad's workbench and then just like a bunch of junk. Yeah. And then I would turbo it. Anytime I went down there, I would turbo it up the stairs because it was like a split level staircase. So as soon as you turned the corner, you were safe because mm -hmm. you were in the light again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how that is. Now, that's not my primary fear, though. Right. My primary fear was getting kidnapped. Yeah, that's right around the right time for it, right? With all the milk carton stuff. Yeah. and. That's when everybody was talking about it more. I know? always thought any car I didn't recognize was about to kidnap me yeah. for about three to four years. Huh. I don't feel like I thought about it that much, but I lived in like an offshoot neighborhood that yeah. wasn't really attached to other, you know, like, I don't know. I just didn't feel like there wasn't traffic going by my house, things like that. We had a good amount of traffic go by our house. Like it was a small town, but you'd always have cars going by that you didn't recognize. So I was sure most of them were there to kidnap me. Right. Throw me in their trunk. <laughs> That's more what I think about now <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my main fear kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but I, I have to tell it. I don't know if I have I talked about it on here before. I feel like you have mentioned it very briefly, but you've never gone into depth with it. All right. I'm probably going to have bad dreams tonight now. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> I'll show you some snakes later to counter. Oh it. no! <laughs> so mean. It's well, true. I want to take your mind off this. If I ever see anything of a snake, of anything we're watching on TV or whatever, if there's a snake that appears for just a little bit, it is guaranteed that I will dream about them that night. I almost did this to you yesterday because I was scrolling through Reddit for like two hours. You actually I, showed me something yesterday of a snake. Was it the greens? No, no, no. That was different. Was this was an snake, actual but... snake. That one I showed you was funny because some yeah, guy was still like- puts it in my head. He was on a hike with his girlfriend and like created a fake snake that he like threw and attached to her backpack and was just like, oh my God, there's a snake chasing you. And so, so mean. it was funny. This was a snake like stretching its face. Ew. It was terrifying. And I was like, oh, I should show her that. And I was just like, no, don't show her that. Save it for later. Save it for later. Save it for later. Uh, at first, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Save it for later. <laughs> Get out of here. All right. Let's hear your story. All right. I don't know if anyone, it's kind of an obscure movie, I feel like. But if anyone has watched the movie, The Incredible Shrinking Woman with Lily Tomlin. I don't think I have. <laughs> well, for whatever reason, I don't really remember anything about the movie, but I know that as a young kid, probably three or four years old, I started having dreams about her. <laughs> and I believed that she lived inside my wall. And I guess I thought that she was going to come get me. I don't know. I think I just had bad dreams about her all the time. Yeah. I would start to see her. I, my room was decorated with clowns, which oh, some people would that think that's so terrifying. super scary. So there were like these clown faces like on the wall and I would look at the faces at night and it would turn into her. And so I would sleep in my parents' room. And so they eventually just redecorated my room. <laughs> now, <laughs> this sounds a lot like something that could have been a suggestion from an older sibling. Uh, I was really young. I'm not sure. Hopefully she wouldn't do that to me, but I don't know. I wouldn't put it past her, I guess. But I know you are, to this day, still pretty scared of the incredible shrinking woman. Well, I can't look at Lily Tomlin. Yeah. So like if she pops up on my TV screen, I have to look away. <laughs> I won't look at her. And you would be surprised how many times that she will pop up on your TV screen. It's yeah, just like any, it's just like randomly. law of attraction, I swear. It's like right. you think about how much you don't want to see something, then you see it all the time. It's like, I hate onions and they're in everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. But yeah, everybody talks about that show, Grace and Frankie, and how good it is. And I'm like, yeah, good on you. Never watching that. I don't know that it's I've ever watched. Jane Fonda. It's a Netflix show. Oh, okay. It's another thing. It's like, I wish that you could thumbs down something on Netflix so you don't see that ever. Maybe you can. You can. Oh, you can? I don't know if you never see it ever, but you can thumbs down something. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Don't mind me. <laughs> Let me go thumbs down that real quick. <laughs> so since it's Halloween in April, Ooh. we'll let you know the first movie we chose is Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <gasps> it's showtime. I love this movie. It's a fantasy comedy directed by Tim Burton. It's about a couple, Adam and Barbara Maitland, who die and become ghosts and then haunt their own home. And then a crude and obnoxious poltergeist named Beetlejuice from the netherworld tries to scare away the Dietz family, who are the new owners of the house. That's basically it in a nutshell. I'm going to be honest. I really thought we covered this, but you're right. We didn't. No. I feel like we had done a lot of research on this movie. No. Previously. And I was just like, we already covered this. No, like, no, we just we like mention it on the Halloween episode, Yeah, but it was so early on when we did the Halloween one that we didn't really focus in on right. anything. 
I'm glad we're getting to do a deep dive because this is a movie that I saw in the theaters. Yeah, it's a good one. It's one that I definitely watch every year, sometimes more than once. Yeah. So it stars Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Betelgeist. <laughs> Betelgeist. 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 It's pronounced Beetlejuice. It is. <laughs> Every morning you greet me. Alec Baldwin as Adam Maitland. Who looks like... He looks like Billy or William Baldwin he does. back it's then. A, it's amazing yeah, how much they look, they look like alike. each other. I was always a fan of William more so than Alec. But What about Alec back then? I mean, yeah, he's cute. I mean, he was very, very hairy. Very hairy. <laughs> I didn't realize he had such a hairy chest. Yeah, because we saw some behind-the-scenes footage where he had like a low-cut T-shirt on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just all out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but hey, you should be proud of that. Wear it with pride. Gina Davis is Barbara Maitland. Haven't seen her in anything in a long time, I feel like. Yeah, that's a good call. I feel like she was the it girl for a little period. Then she kind of died off. She a did a bit. lot of great movies. Yeah. I really like her. Me too. Jeffrey Jones as Charles Dietz, who sadly I learned. Got Not a, that great. Yeah. Yeah. Some pretty nasty things I've heard about him. Yeah. And a lot of movies back then. But yeah, yeah. Ferris Bueller. Howard the Duck. Unfortunate. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara as Delia Dietz. Queen, icon, legend, as Danny Pellegrino would say. I love her. She's so great. She is great. Winona Ryder as Lydia Dietz. Right. And this was pretty early on for Winona, right? Well, she was in Lucas. That's a good call. And that's why she got this job. I don't know Lucas. I used to rent Lucas. We talked about that in our last podcast. Just movies that we would rent a lot. That's another one that I would rent. All the time. On VHS? Yes. It was in 86. But it starred uh, Corey Haim, Carrie Green, who played Andy in The Goonies, Charlie Sheen, Winona Ryder. I feel like I've seen this. It's sounding familiar, but we might have to watch it and cover it. Yeah, we should. It's funny because I... Oh, it also had Courtney Thorne-Smith. Who? Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven in 86? How old was he? I don't know. It's not like he's so much younger. You think he's younger than Corey Haim? Jeremy Piven? I've got no frame of reference. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Piven is like the same age as John Cusack. Who is? <laughs> how old? Well, how old do you think John Cusack is right now? He's probably in his 52. 50s. Yeah. Probably I how think old Jeremy, Jeremy Piven, Piven is. is 47. Let me just see. It's funny. You pull up Jeremy Piven and you immediately see a picture of John Cusack. <laughs> 1965 is when he was born. Who? Pivs. Pivs was born in 65. Yeah. So he is... 55? About to turn 56, depending on when his birthday is. There you go. All right. Now I need to know how old John Cusack is. He's actually older than John Cusack. Is he really? John Cusack is 54, born in 66. Dang. All right. Listen, you learn something every day. I knew where I was going with that. Thank you for saving me (laughs) from the vice principal's office. You're welcome. You did it live on air. I appreciate it. I'm doing it live. Do it live. (laughs) All right, so we also have Sylvia Sidney as Juno, Robert Gouillet as Maxie Dean, Dick Cavett as Bernard, Glenn Shaddix as Otho. Good old Otho. Annie McEnroe as Jane Butterfield, and Tony Cox was the preacher. 
So some fun facts. We watched a few documentaries and learned some things that I didn't know. We did. Some of this I did know and some of it I didn't. So the original script was actually meant to be a horror film, Mm -hmm. like along the vein of Nightmare on Elm Street. Beetlejuice was going to be a winged demon. He's a demon. (laughs) But then in human form, he was going to be, quote, a small Middle Eastern man. Mm. Interesting. Warner Brothers wanted to call it House Ghost. And then Tim Burton was joking and said, oh, we should call it Scared Sheetless. And they're like, Tim, brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, I was kidding. Yeah, I think he was like, oh, shh. Like, I do not want to call it Scared Sheetless. So eventually he got his way and they called him Beetlejuice. Now, Angelica Houston was originally cast to play Delia Dietz, but she got sick. So Tim Burton had to talk Catherine O'Hara into the role. And I think Angelica would have been good. But when I think of her, I just think of Morticia Adams at this point. So I'm like, yeah. And I just think of Catherine as Delia. Same here. But I have this huge crush on Angelica Houston. As Morticia, though. As Morticia. Yeah. So I want to see her as Morticia in as many things as I can. <laughs> well, that's a Delia is a little different than Morticia. I'm just picturing Morticia in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a different kind of movie, but I like it. She's just standing there. I mean, it's like, not like it can't all flow together. Her arms are folded and she's shaming everyone as they're, <laughs> as they're dancing around and she's not. <laughs> <laughs> they have no power over her. That's right. So a lot of people turned down the role of Lydia. Yeah. Lori Laughlin, Diane Lane, SJP, Sarah Jessica Parker, Justine Bateman, Brooke Shields, Molly Ringwald, Jennifer Connelly, and Juliette Lewis actually auditioned, but Tim loved Winona's role in Lucas. And so that's really what got her the part. It's funny, like, how important casting directors are. Mm-hmm. to a movie yeah. because Winona is perfect. She is perfect. Now, if they had cast any of those other actresses, maybe they would have been great. It just would have been different. So you don't know what you would have gotten. Yeah. I always find it interesting to think about who else they were considering for roles, right. you know, and trying to picture them in that role. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine Molly Ringwald doing that, especially after, because this would have been after doing, you know, Breakfast Club and, and Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink and all right. of that. Although it would have been interesting to see her branch out and be a little goth girl. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it was nice because Winona wasn't that known at the time. So you just were able to just take her in and fully accept her as Lydia. I had a big crush on Winona Ryder back then. So it was like this movie and Dracula. She was really hot in Dracula. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she was to me like a big 90s it girl. Yeah. Yeah. So the score was by Danny Elfman, who was incredible. But the soundtrack also features a lot of R&B and Calypso songs, and they use those to just make the movie feel more fun and playful. Yeah, it adds a lot to the movie. It really does. From a mood standpoint. Just the vibe, yeah. And, yeah. and not something you would actually ever think to play in this setting, but it works. It does work. And like one of the people on one of the documentaries had said, it kind of makes the film more timeless. Yeah, like it doesn't, they used an example of Princess songs in the Batman movie yeah, kind of ties it to that time mm-hmm. where that's not really happening here. These are like timeless songs that aren't like pop songs of an era. That used to be my dream job. Yeah. Finding the right songs to play. In a show or movie. In a show or movie. Finding You'd have been great at it. You would have been fantastic at it. Thank you. It's one of my favorite things and I'm notorious for shazamming songs and mm-hmm. movies and TV shows that I don't know and... I always pay attention to that kind of stuff. You do. 
in the original script, they had Lydia lip syncing when a man loves a woman. Instead of Shake Senora. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body liner. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body liner. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. Okay. <laughs> it's a good it's a good switch because that's a really good part of the movie. Well, yeah, and also when a man loves a woman is absolutely opposite of anything Lydia would ever be singing. Right. <laughs> It, so it fits just, a lot better. It doesn't fit at all. This I thought was really interesting that Tim Burton's original choice for Beetlejuice was Sammy Davis Jr., who was so 63 at the time. Interesting that that was his original choice. And on the documentary we watched, it's just like, what would that have been like? I'm curious to see what it would have been like just in like one scene. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to imagine him with a green wig, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, maybe he could have pulled it off. Maybe. I, I don't want to discount him. But Michael Keaton was kind of, I think, confused by the the script and the idea altogether. But he really liked Tim Burton and he was just curious about him. And so he wanted to work with him. So that's why he took the role. And Tim Burton gave Michael Keaton the freedom to find Beetlejuice's look. Which is if Keaton either decided or helped decide that look, it's perfect. Beetlejuice looks perfect. He definitely wanted to have that big, crazy hair. Yeah. And I think, you know, the mold on his face and stuff like that. And I think Tim was very pleased when he saw him for the first time in his hair and makeup. So test audiences wanted a happier ending. So I guess originally Beetlejuice just got either eaten or stranded with the sandworms. Yeah. But they wanted him to get punished. They just didn't want it to be so severe. So they switched to the ending where he's in the waiting room and his yeah. head gets shrunk in. Yeah, because he's trying to cut the line. He's trying to cut the line, right? <laughs> so it's like, that's a really good ending to it compared to Beetlejuice being stranded with the sandworms. And yeah. you kind of know his fate at that point. Right. When his head is shrunken, shrank, shrank, shrink, shrink, shrunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, is like, oh, this might be a good look for me. You yeah. know, so he just is rolling with it. And it helps everybody kind of leave the movie not feeling like sad that yeah. this <laughs> character that I don't think you're really supposed to like, but you end up liking. You do. You know, you don't want him to be. You don't want to see him hurt. <laughs> not my poor little Beetlejuice. <laughs> so there was an animated series. Did you ever watch it? Yes, I watched it every week. It's so great. It is. We rewatched a couple episodes and recently I shared the intro and people really seem to respond to that. Did they? On our social media. Nice. Yeah. It's just so good. And it's always fun to see like things that you felt like were a little more obscure, obscure like you're the only person that yeah. knew about it. And then you find all these other people that loved it too. Right. We just mentioned the sandworms. Mm -hmm. So there's like that whole scene. Anytime they go outside the house- Originally, outside the house was just like this darkness. Right. With these gears flying all around, ready to run you over when you come into their space. It's just so weird. Yeah. But not not like the sandworms aren't weird, but it's it's, it's a much so better different. idea. It is way different, but a much better idea. Because yeah. there's actually test footage of it, and you're just like, you know, the random sand planet looks a lot better. It does look a lot better. And even though none of it really makes sense, it does seem a little more logical than just like this dark space with random gears flying everywhere. Yeah, exactly. 
So this I actually knew. Oh, you did? Yes, but it still blows my mind that Beetlejuice is actually only in the movie for 17 minutes. That is so crazy to me. I paused it today when he made his first big entrance, and it was 45, 46 minutes into the movie. It's crazy. Well, and if you look at the cover, it's like Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice, and they don't even mention Gina Davis or Alec Baldwin. Exactly. And they're, they're actors that people knew of at the time. It's like they're just talking about Beetlejuice, and he's barely in the movie. Like, it's definitely, to me, more about Adam and Barbara and, like, Lydia. You know, like, I just think of them. Not that I don't think of Beetlejuice, but it's definitely not just about him, you know? It's not. But, yeah, you're right, though. Like, even the the box art you're talking about, you can't really tell who anybody else is. Like, that doesn't look like Alec Baldwin to me. (laughs) They're, like, drawn versions of them. Yeah. But Beetlejuice looks like Beetlejuice. Yes. So there are still rumors of a Beetlejuice... Yes. Which have persisted from the time that this first one came out until now. There's an IMDb page there. And originally, I think Tim Burton had planned it. (laughs) And it was going to be set in Hawaii where the Deets open a new hotel and the island doesn't like it and starts haunting them and yada, yada, yada. Beetlejuice is like a, yeah, he's, I can't remember what they called it, but he's like a devil juice or something. (laughs) I forget what it is. I can't remember what they said (laughs) it was. He's like this big volcano oh, it's god. Like, uh, something to do with like Lucifer, some play on Lucifer. L- Lucid juice. <laughs> Lucid juice. <laughs> oh god. That is not right. I'm that going is to the not office. It. I'm going to the office. <laughs> Lucid juice. So when they're in the waiting room, the magician's assistant, you know, you see the top half of her body and then she's separated from the bottom half of her body. Mm. So the bottom half of her body, those legs, (laughs) that was actually Tim Burton's girlfriend at the time. So Michael Keaton's rubbing up on her thighs. (laughs) Trying to lift her dress up. (laughs) Yeah. And it's Tim Burton's girlfriend. Yeah. And so you have the name Beetlejuice. Yes. Which is not spelled like it is on the cover. Right. It's actually like... B-E-T-E-L-G-E-U-S-E. Yes. Which is how you spell the name of the star, Beetlejuice. But they changed it because it was funnier and probably better for marketing to say Beetlejuice. Because you can't help but look at it and want to be like, Beetlegeist. Beetlegeist. (laughs) Should we cover the sound of music? (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) So what are your favorite moments? I'm actually curious. I know we do this every week, but I try not to look at what you write down until we get here. I love the miniature town that Adam was building. I love it, too. I just love that that's how the movie starts. Is, yeah. You know, you're going through the town. And it's just so well done. And I've always loved building models. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it in a very long time, mm-hmm. but I used to do it a lot. I'm not any good at it, but I always had the dream of doing like a town like that. Some kind of diorama. I just love that. It fascinates me. Number two, when Beetlejuice is doing that commercial for his bio exorcism service, (laughs) and then that part at the end, which I'm about to play right now. And remember, I'll eat anything you want me to eat. I'll swallow anything you want me to swallow. Come on down out. Chew on a dog. I just love that. I don't know what I'll he chew says. chew on a dog. <laughs> He's going to chew on a dog. <laughs> I just have always loved that part. It's funny. It's so random. And then next up, when Beetlejuice gets all 
quote unquote thorny. So <laughs> Barbara will drop him. Yes. He's just so proud of himself after that happens. But then he like sticks in the He does. He's turf. like stuck in the turf. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. That's good stuff. So my HMs. I love how the house is redecorated when the Dietzes move in. Yeah. I really love their style. I loved it when I first saw it. I was just like, wow, I want a house like that. You would. You really are into that. I am. I mean, I like modern, but it's a little beyond modern. I saw it today and I was like, wow, I really like that. <laughs> I did like their bar. Yeah. Red bar. And fun. their table, their like dinner table. Oh, mm. yeah. I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, but my babe would like that. That's a bit of me. It's a bit you. Another HM, I love the smoking guy in the waiting room. Yes. He just, anytime I see him, he just cracks me up. He's just got this look. He's just so like casual. He's just like, yeah, accept it. I've died from smoking. And hey, do you want to smoke? (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought from a makeup and like a character standpoint or puppet, whatever he was. Yeah. He was just really well done. Agree. And then the very end scene when Lydia is dancing at the staircase always just brings me joy. Jump in the line. And the football team joins her. Yes. I just love it. It always makes me smile. Me too. That was one of my gems as well. Ooh. So I'll just go ahead and leave leave that there. It's fine. Not sorry. (laughs) Because I had to pull one of my next movie's HMs off for you. So you're welcome. Oh, thank you. All right, number one for me. Dale! Dale! That whole scene at the table where Barbara and Adam are making the deets. They possess them all. They're possessing them and their dinner guests. And they're all dancing and singing along to the banana boat song, Deo. And I feel like they all did a really good job of like their facial expressions as their bodies are moving, like looking like what is happening and why am I moving like this? But then they go back and forth from confusion to enjoying it and getting down. And they're in the moment. They're like, what? what, How did I get here? And then you're like, wait, what? Why am I doing this? (laughs) It's so entertaining. And it's always been to me like the most memorable thing from the movie. Yeah. Loved it as a kid and love it now. And then, of course, the big, (laughs) I mean, it is scary when like the shrimp hand comes up when the shrimp (laughs) pulls all all their faces in there and then just throws them on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) It's like terrifying and hilarious all in one. Number two, the things in the beginning where Adam and Barbara are trying to scare the Dietz family. Yeah. Barbara's hanging in the closet, and then at one point they've got she Adam's cut his head, head off. and she's got a big knife and yeah. stuff, and nobody sees them. And but you'll see them like kind of react for a second, and you think they see it, but then and they actually—they're like, oh. just talking <gasps> about like the wallpaper or the something. Room is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on in the movie, when they go to meet with Juno. And she's trying to help them figure out how to get them out of the house. She's like, she's previewing their scare. Abilities. Yeah, she's like, show me how you're going to scare them. And they both do the thing, you know, where they like stretch their faces and do weird things. They pull their eyeballs out. I stuff. love that scene. Yeah. yeah, like Gina Davis is flipping her eyeballs out. I love her face the most where it's like this big open mouth and the eyeballs are on the tongue. Yeah. It's so good. And I think you can get those masks for Halloween. And I really really want us to do that. Oh, wow. That would be so good. (laughs) Although I don't know how you're going to be able to see. I don't know how they give you eye holes and all of that. It's got to have it. It's It's a health problem if you don't. So they can't release it without that. (laughs) True, true. And then three, I love Lydia. 
and how she's just very, you know, dark and gothy. <laughs> very brooding. <laughs> yes. When she's talking with Barbara and Adam and they're like, you can't see us. And she's like, I read your book, the handbook for the recently deceased, you know, and she's like. <laughs> the recently they, diseased? <laughs> diseased, Yeah. <laughs> Where it says that live people ignore the strange and unusual. And she's like, I myself am strange and unusual. She's like, oh, okay. So that's why you can see us. Yeah. Makes sense. I love that. Yeah. And I think it also speaks to a lot of people who feel like maybe they're a little strange and unusual too. You know? And maybe that's not such a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. HMs. I love Lydia's red wedding dress. It's incredible, isn't it? It's so good. With her black hair? Yes. (laughs) Yes, her black hair. I think her black hair is the contrast to the red that makes it. You love a good contrast. I do. That's another costume that I've always wanted to do. Oh, that'd be good. But friends of ours did that, so I feel like I can't, I feel like I don't want to copy, you know? That'd be a good costume to do. I would like to do that costume. You in the... The suit with the ruffle shirt. Ooh, can I do like the stripy suit? No, if we're doing the wedding outfit, then you would do like the burgundy suit. Oh, he's got the burgundy one. That's right. Yeah, good call. We're just here planning our Halloween costumes. There we go. We have five planned already. (laughs) And again, back to the waiting room. I just love everything about it. All the strange people that are there. and It's very dark and, you know, a lot of death talk. And it's funny to think about me as a child watching that. Right. It was fascinating and I still love it. Yeah, that waiting room was something else. There was so much going on there. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It is. That was so fun. It was I'm fun. So I love we did it. Beetlejuice. 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 <gasps> Here he comes. You know what's really beautiful about this? You two kids picked me. You didn't have to, but you picked me. It makes me want to kiss you guys. Come on. Come no. Give me one. Come on. Give me Well, hopefully you enjoyed that. Yes. That wraps up that section of the podcast. Stay tuned for an upcoming episode where we will re-release the Ghostbusters portion. I'm looking forward to that one as well. I know. It's been so long. All right. It's only fitting to end this episode with Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. As always, you can find us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Instagram at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up. We have a Facebook group called The Cozy Club, fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. You can email us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod at gmail.com. And you can become a member of our Patreon at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. You can donate $4 or more per month, get access to bonus episodes. Also, that money goes towards, you know, supporting our podcast and keeping it all going. Much appreciated. Yes. And that's all. We'll see you all soon. Thanks for listening. See ya.